This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dribble drive, Thompson in the corner, he'll launch with five, it's a three, and say goodnight. Now, here's Sean Dickinson. And the final score, Golden State wins their third in a row. They're now three games above 500, 120 to 112, over the hottest team in the league, the Philadelphia 76ers. And for only the second time this year, a team has beaten the Sixers when the Sixers had a lead on the road after three quarters. Yeah, Tim Roy on the call there, and the Warriors back on the home floor last night and getting the job done again. What else is new? It's John Dickinson (laughs) and Whitey Gleason. Warriors with their ninth win in a row at home. And three over 500, as you hear there on the call, Tim Roy, bringing us in here to a special edition of Warriors this week for the next three hours. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason, and we're coming to you from Friedman's Appliance in Pleasant Hill. That's right, Whitey, we're back. We were yeah. out here a few months ago as their red tag clearance sale is ongoing uh, through the weekend here. Started yesterday, goes through tomorrow, but we're going to be here from 1 to 4. Stop by, say hi, enjoy all of the great displays and models. I got my eye on a couple of different grills, Whitey. Already? Already. Uh, uh, only yeah. been here about a half hour quite or so. Quite an assortment. I don't yeah, blame you. Quite an assortment, and uh, they, they like to they like to show everybody what the fine grills and ovens and, yes. and different kitchen uh, appliances can do, which means they bring out the food. And, mm-hmm. and, and cook it up, and they, they like to see all these different things in action. So uh, going to be a lot of fun here for the next three hours, talking some Warriors hoops, but also doing it from here at uh, Friedman's in Pleasant Hill. Yeah, if you're in the market for any kind of appliance, uh, the smart move is to come here today. And, J.D., I, I was impressed with the Warriors, the way they played last night, and that I thought they played a really smart game. The first quarter, they only scored 23 points, and they I think they were uh, – 3 of 13 beyond the arc, something like that. But they played such smart basketball. They did such a great job of adjusting to where Embiid was defensively, and they got so many just bounce passes for layups early. And the Warriors had, I think they had six turnovers in the first 15 minutes of the game, and they ended the game with a total of 11. They took care of the ball. You know, so often this year we've we've wondered what's going on with this team. Um, Wonderful. It looks delicious, yeah. Wow. Uh, What's going on with this team? Why so often have... Have we seen their key players fail in key moments in big games? And last night, the Warriors looked like a championship-caliber team in terms of how smart they were. And make no mistake, that was a bad loss for the Sixers last night. Yeah, leading at the end of the third quarter. And, and the Sixers come in with the, the best road record in the NBA, and the Warriors able to turn them away. And Warriors now with some impressive home wins really yeah. against everybody, but they've they've beaten the top three teams in the East all mm-hmm. at Chase this yeah. year from Milwaukee to Boston to now Philadelphia. And while the Warriors have finally picked up a couple of road wins, able to carry that, that momentum from Houston and from Dallas, 
into the game last night and able to prevail. And, and last night really did have the feel of it would have been understandable had the Warriors lost the game. Coming off the, the road trip and, you know, mm -hmm. maybe they got an extra one on the road compared to what people were thinking when it was all said and done. And to have it, not a letdown, but just that first game back against a really good team in the East and, and Embiid going off. Uh, probably going to be the, the MVP of the NBA going off the way he did. I don't know if the Warriors really did too much differently against Embiid in the final six minutes. He was having his way and getting to the free throw line, but making him work, giving him a few different looks, and he missed some shots he had been making earlier. Yes. Yeah. But the 41 points in the fourth quarter, the key for the Warriors. And Jordan Poole, How baby. about Jordan Poole? Man, yeah. How would... about the much maligned yeah, Jordan I... Poole saved the Warriors? He did. Not only in the fourth quarter with the game close, but the Warriors entered the fourth uh, and got down by 11. They were down nine, but got down 11 right away in the fourth. I thought there were times even in the third quarter where Jordan Poole, couple of buckets to keep the game from getting out of hand as Embiid is going off on the, uh, on the other end. And he ends up playing the whole fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Steph plays the whole fourth quarter mm -hmm. last night, and the Warriors needed it, but then it was those two basically carrying the yeah. Warriors to a victory offensively. As you said, J.D., Jordan Poole's been much maligned, and I've been doing much of the maligning lately, but he's been playing so much better than last night, just attacking and getting to the basket. And the Warriors had a lot of success getting to the basket and working inside out. Even the threes that he made last night as he attacked, got to the rim, and then the, a lot of the threes that Jordan Poole took and made last night, he had the defense moving. You know, I think where when the Warriors settle and the offense isn't producing any good shots and they start taking threes out of, well, we have nothing else going, that's when the offense uh, ceases to function. Last night, the offense functioned at a high level, and Jordan Poole, there, yeah, there, he was absolutely sensational last night. He, he was, and, and Draymond has been really good these last couple of games down the stretch. Kevon Looney, you give credit for battling, I, I think, against Embiid. And, and I'll even say... You know, Steve Kerr, these last two games, I mentioned this last night on, on Warriors wrap-up, you know Steph and Clay and Draymond are going to always be out there at the end of games because they are the, the champions and, and the Hall of Fame core of this whole thing. But right now, Coach Kerr does have options as to who the other two, especially with Wiggins being out, as to who's going to, to finish with those three. And you saw Wednesday in Dallas mm – -hmm. It was DiVincenzo and Kaminga who finished, and DiVincenzo's been starting and doing a, a heck of a nice job for, for this Warriors team. Last night it was Looney and it was Jordan Poole. And so I know there were some people saying, well, where's Jordan Poole on Wednesday night? Because he had played pretty well offensively in that game, but Kaminga was having a spectacular game, so he gets to finish the game on that night. Last night it was two different players with the five, as uh, the, the food just keeps piling up here uh, at our table. Pardon me if I don't give you my full attention. We, may, we yeah. may have to break a little early. <laughs> we, we may have to break a little early here. Uh, and wow. Mm. Yeah. Wow, so good uh, here at Friedman's Appliance. But, but Coach Kerr, I think, got it right in both of these games. And he has been a little maligned by the fans, I think, at times for, why is this guy finishing the game? Why is that? I, I think those players made it easy. Exactly. The last yeah. the last two games because you couldn't it, take Jordan Poole off the floor. It was last clearly night. yeah, you had to leave him out there and Kaminga I think did the same way. Rough night for Kaminga last night, but in Dallas and over the last few games before that, Kaminga has really found his own and so you're seeing a little more depth 
it seems, on this Warriors team because the players that are getting opportunities are, are, are actually playing well, which yeah. hasn't always been the case this season. They played well, and they played smart. And the Warriors last night as a team looked so focused. You know, the assist now in basketball, uh, it's a little bit watered down, an assist technically is a pass that leads directly to a basket. But we know sometimes now, if I throw you a pass, J.D., and you dribble and you make a shot, I might get an assist. Last night, the Warriors had 27 assists, which for them is not a really high number, but they were real. They were true assists. Look at, you had 10 assists from Draymond and 7 from Looney. So you had the Warriors getting the ball to high post, so Embiid, you draw him out, he has to defend one of those guys, and then you had those two guys especially feeding players on the back cuts and getting those layups. That was just really smart basketball by the Warriors last night. And don't you think the Warriors got a little bit of a break here? I know this is kind of the classic question with Embiid. Phenomenal player, as you said, probably the MVP. Um, he took five threes last night and made one of them. And he was just so dominant inside. And in some of those cases, he's almost doing the Warriors a favor, going one for five beyond the arc. And Tobias Harris was unstoppable last night, and he only took 12 shots. Yeah, and, and you could make the case, you know, the Warriors did a nice job against Maxi at different, yeah, at different yeah, points. Yeah, But, uh, yeah, Tobias Harris was tough to stop. Uh, Clay had no chance to stop him. No, and, and Clay, they were really picking on yeah, Clay. Yeah, they were. I, I thought last night. But I, I, I even give Clay a little bit of credit for in the last sure. two games. Not defensively necessarily because I think that's been a little bit of a struggle. But but I go even back to the Dallas game before that and the fact that you know he didn't take a lot of shots in that game. Uh -huh. And and so you, you look at, at Clay in, in that game and you know he only took – Nine shots against Dallas, and it was a night where the shots weren't necessarily falling at the level that, that they had been in other games, but but he wasn't going to continue to hunt it. Shots. And, and yeah. like, he wasn't going to let a four for nine turn into uh, a six for 20. Right. And if it's a six for 20, the Warriors probably end up losing that game. I thought there was a little bit of that last night, too. Yeah, he did take 17 shots. But he was hitting the three ball, and, and it's just it, it's just seemed like there's been more of a recognition from the Warriors in these last couple of games of who's having the, the hotter night, who needs the ball in their hands in, in key moments, and, and it's led to fewer empty possessions with, with bad shots taken. Yeah, and I know a week ago, as we gathered here, we're wondering about, gee, the play-in and what's the what's the worst-case scenario here? And now the Warriors are 39 and 36, and Phoenix is fifth. They're 38 and 35. Uh, the Clippers 39 and 35. So all of a sudden now, you're looking up, and I know Steve Kerr alluded to that just a short time ago. He said, I think we got some good things coming. I guess he looked at the schedule. He knows the way his team plays. Um, so, yeah, sitting sixth right now are the Warriors, but fourth is within reach. Was that's what they were last year, right? Yeah, they finished in third, fourth. third, third last year. year. Yeah, right, third so last home year. Court. Yeah, thank you. Had yeah. home court, uh, beat Memphis. Memphis was two last year. They beat Denver right. in the first round, and then Memphis is the three-two yeah, matchup exactly. in the second sure. round. And then along the lines, Dallas knocked out Phoenix, and so they ended up hosting in the Western Conference Finals because Dallas had ended up fourth. But, yeah, fourth is, is on the table. Now the Warriors unlikely to have – would not have the tiebreaker against Phoenix no matter right. what happens. Mm -hmm. If the Clippers and Warriors wind up tied, it's likely the Clippers are going to have the tiebreaker there as well. Right. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if it ends up being a, a three-team tiebreaker and where all that lands as far as the, the divisional matchups and, and everything go there. But, but yeah, uh, who would have believed at 39 and 36 that the four seed – would yeah. still be on the table uh -huh. and the potential to host a first-round series. Now, you may be 
you may be playing the Clippers or the Suns, which I don't think is a picnic, but neither of those teams have had great seasons either, similarly to the way the Warriors right. haven't. So uh, at that point, you know, so much of this is how can this team get on a run? Yeah. And you know, if they end up fourth, it, 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 I mean, wipe away the record at that point. Oh, if they absolutely, wind up fourth. especially this not, year. Yeah. And, no question. And so much question of, you know, what what's going to happen with Wiggins. They did get good news on the Gary Payton, the second front. Sounds like he has the potential. Warriors are practicing now and in San Francisco, and there's potential for Payton to to be able to play tomorrow. And they could use him tomorrow, even. couldn't they? And, yeah. and that's one more player <laughs> to plug right into the Warriors' rotation to, to, to add some depth, to uh -huh. add another player that maybe makes Jordan Poole a little bit more playable given some of his defensive deficiencies, somebody that can actually defend out on the perimeter at the point of attack. Yeah, the pieces this week just seem to be fitting together better, and there seemed to be less of the dysfunction. A lot of that was Kuminga, who, as you pointed out last night, he didn't have a very good game that happens, but he had been playing so well, and then Jordan Poole was just exactly what they needed last night. We talked last week about how sometimes Steph does too much because he has to do too much and he the offense is uh, in some ways they're simpler to defend when it's just Steph and last night I, I think the Sixers tried to focus more on Steph but when you have Jordan Poole playing like he did then you have to throw that uh, defensive plan uh, out the window and, and the bench last night the bench was so much better than the Philadelphia bench yeah the Warriors uh, outscoring the the bench of Philadelphia and Jordan Poole was a was a huge part sure. of it but you look at the the bench numbers 54 14 Warriors last night mm -hmm. in, in bench points and that was the reason they stayed in the game a good chunk of last night's game was basically Philadelphia dominated when Embiid was on the floor yeah to the tune of I think he was plus 22 going to the fourth quarter but the Warriors had been able to hang in the game and and they had for the most part been the better team when Embiid was not on the floor mm -hmm. and then it crisscrossed a little bit there in the final five or six minutes which allowed the Warriors to to win in in come from behind fashion but but so much of it was the Warriors needing that extra score and needing that player that was going to be able to uh, attack the basket. Thank you uh, so much. You got people stopping by and saying hi. Hey, you can't yeah. you can't ask people to stop by and say hi and then and then not right. have them stop by and right. say hi. And we've already had two or three yeah. lovely folks here come up to yes. the table yeah. uh, as we do Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game. So it's John Dickinson. It's Whitey Gleason. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Uh, that's the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text. The Xfinity mobile text line is open as well uh, as we are going to be with you here until 4 o'clock. And, again, yes, stop by if you're if you're in the East Bay. Heck, even if you're not in the East Bay, drive to the East Bay. It's worth the trip. <laughs> it's worth the trip for sure. Uh, Friedman's Appliance in Pleasant Hill, their red tag clearance sale is on today and tomorrow, but we're out here for the next three hours. And our old buddy, Jim Cosimore. What? Big Friedman's guy. What? That's right. Big 95.7 The Game guy. His middle name is Friedman's. It's it's <laughs> James Friedman's Cosimore. Cosimore. Yes, yes. Uh, and he's going to join us here at, at 2 o'clock uh, on, on the phone, not mm -hmm. not in person, oh, uh, which, is that's all right. which is unfortunate. That would be too big of a crowd if he came here in but, person. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll – We'll talk some Warriors with Coe's coming up in the in the in yeah. the two o'clock hour, and we'll we'll also make sure we we let him know everything he's missing as far as That's what's right. going on in these ovens and on these grills. Yes, yes. Now I'm sure you heard 
Well, YMB said he was so motivated to score last night against the Warriors because of what Draymond had said. Yes. Draymond had said on TNT, I guess it was, or on his podcast, that Jokic was the hardest guy to guard, and so Embiid was, like, out to prove a point last night. He was like uh, a high school senior playing against seventh graders at times last night. He was, and I, I felt for Looney at, at, at – because he's doing the best he yes. can, but he yeah. was just – he was just overmatched uh -huh. for for as he knew he would be, and they tried some different things and some. I thought they might blitz him more often than they did, but ultimately they, did a little they got bit the, the win. A little so bit yeah. in the fourth quarter, a little yeah. bit when he was out high. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I thought them. You know, Philly. It seemed like he got the ball a little bit more. They they were able to get him away from the basket a little bit in the fourth quarter, farther away, which I think led to more drives. But I mean, he came back in. The Warriors went on their run to go from what eleven to two. He comes back in and scores seven straight yeah, points. I'm right. thinking it might be night night. Turnaround jumpers, drives to the basket. He's incredible. But the Warriors have had this mojo at home this season. I, I, I mean, there have been a lot of games this year where fourth quarter, eh, looks like it could be a loss. And the Warriors, for the most part, have won every one of these games, it seems like. And they've had to have them with the road struggle. So is this team finally putting it together? 888-957-9570. And, you know, how sustainable is what the Warriors have done here over the last three games? We've seen them do what they did last night a lot, even shorthanded, even mm -hmm. against other good teams, the, the ilk of of Philadelphia. Uh, you could say the, the road wins based on opponent, not quite impressive. Uh, Dallas, not even in the top ten as things currently sit. But... The Warriors, I think, I don't want to call it flipping a switch, but they've they've played with a little bit more Focus. purpose here these yes, last two so. games. Look at this, J.D. I'm handing J.D., and I know he was there. He's at the game. This is the fourth quarter box. Just what stands out as you look at the fourth quarter box uh, for the Warriors? What really stands out? Well, they got, they got to the free throw line was the yeah. first thing that, that, uh -huh. that stood out to me. They, they shot... Five of nine from three, and yeah. Philly was zero of six yeah. from three. Yeah, uh, was there was there some what stood that out? Just to you? all there's so many yeah. things. Nineteen for Poole, and look at the turnovers. They scored forty one points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. they did not turn the ball over. No, no turnovers, and Philly didn't turn the ball over yeah, either. I know, which I know. is which is odd. <laughs> right, you don't right. see that too often. <laughs> but but Very yeah, impressive. But yeah, they, but push. they got to the line. They made threes. A lot of it was obviously Jordan Poole with with nineteen of of his thirty three coming in that fourth quarter and the Warriors able to, to rally and get the win. And, and now it becomes, you know, can this team run the table on the homestand? Because I mm. think that's what it's going to take to ensure that they stay in the top six, which I think yeah. is the, the primary goal, but also have an opportunity to push up and, and move to either fifth or fourth. And some of those matchups might get a, a little bit dicey. Uh, if you're talking about how are you going to play Phoenix in the in the first round, but I think the at, at this point the Warriors get, give them the highest seed possible, and, and and they have to probably look at it like these other teams should fear them as much as yeah. a Warrior fan may fear this matchup or that matchup. I, I have to admit, today I was looking up what's the what's the worst record for a team that won an NBA title, and I think we had this 1978 Washington Bullets were 44 and 38, Ooh. and they won. But you're right, the point you made earlier, I think, is is right on the spot if the Warriors end up especially if they end up fourth it doesn't matter you yeah. get to that point doesn't matter what your record is especially in this I mean watered down wild west this year it really doesn't matter well and you I mean you said you know the, you referenced the Warriors as far as being the third seed last year well Dallas was the four seed and made it to yeah. the conference finals right and right. they weren't thought of as uh -huh. as you know this this highly touted 
you know, team I thought they last had year. no chance to beat Utah last year, but and yeah. and yeah, and yeah. so they did, and and it was it was a three four matchup yeah. in, in the conference finals, and at that point you you throw the you, you throw the records out. I mean, yep. it, the Warriors would almost be. I think grandfathered in as if they did win fifty games mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, like, who would have, who would, who would notice the difference? And you know, uh, what especially else? Yeah. if they're full strength. I just one more note, and it's kind of a footnote to last night. But with everything that has been said this year about the young players, and you know, Kerr can't develop young players. It just drives me nuts. Last night, Moses Moody didn't do much, but he made a big three pointer in the fourth quarter. He did. Yeah. yeah, and and look, Steve Kerr not afraid to use him. I yeah. think. Because he had to, and and, right. and he's been in that that short rotation spot, that, uh-huh. that tenth spot, basically that that nine and a half tenth spot that isn't always going to play, but you'd like for him to play. And and with you know Ty Jerome, his games at this point, the remaining couple that he has being saved, uh, they they need a contribution from somebody else just to buy a couple of minutes in some of these games. And, and Moody did give it to him. Uh, and, yeah, plus six for Moody in, mm-hmm. in his eight minutes last night. Part of that bench group that helped the Warriors flip the game to the tune of outscoring Philadelphia 50 to uh, 54 to 14. I mean, plus 40 from, from the bench. And, yeah, that is probably, as we've already had a texter chime in, that is the biggest weakness, I think, of, of Philadelphia. You love their starting lineup, although you do take – uh, Melton probably and put him on the bench when they have James. I mean, they didn't yeah. have James Harden last night. Right. Their bench looks a little bit better with Melton and Shake Milton and mm-hmm. Niang coming off the bench. But but uh, regardless, the Warriors will take it, and uh, they look up now and, and three more games at home, four of these last seven at home. And, and I, I think at this point, you know, they've got Portland in their back pocket at Portland in the final game of the year. Are they Port- still in the league? Port- Portland? Portland they, haven't they just waved the white flag absolutely, and wandered off? If they haven't quit, they are. I mean, <laughs> there's going to be nobody playing for Portland in that game. Yeah. And yeah. so that, that becomes a game that, that you can get. Now I think you have the toughest of the home games that were remaining was last night. And so to me, I, I look at it as this team's 39-36 and 36 with the seven to go. I, I think five is the target now. The mm-hmm. game in Portland – as the one road game and the remaining four home games, which are Minnesota and the Pelicans, a couple of teams the Warriors just beat within the last month uh, coming back through. And San Antonio, that's got to be a must win. And Oklahoma City's playing better. They're technically still in this race and 10th, I think, at this point. But at Chase, that's a that's a game that I think the Warriors should be able to to win. And so I'm I'm looking at a five and two finish, which would be wow. that forty four and thirty eight, and be, would that yeah. be good enough for for fourth? It might be. Yes. Clippers, I think, would have to go five and three to beat out the Warriors at that point. The Suns would have to go six and three to beat out the Warriors. And Durant's coming back Tuesday, Wednesday, and Wednesday. the Suns have an oddity in their schedule. The Suns play tonight against Philly in Phoenix. Philly goes there second of a back to back, and then the Suns don't play till Wednesday. So they do not play again until that alleged Durant game, and then they they go rapid fire through the last. And they could week use that because I know uh, Aiton's also hurt. He didn't play last night, and they're lost to Sacramento. Is Kevon Looney maybe the most? I don't want to get uh, carried away. One of the most underrated players in the league. I, I think so. I mean, there's no question, right? No doubt because of the numbers he puts up that are so useful. It's not. Empty numbers. He's three for three last night. He had uh, seven assists and and ten rebounds. 
And his assists are like, like I said, they're not cheap assists. He's he's been incredible this year. And as you said, you look at that. What's he going to do against Embiid? And they got it done. Now my point is though, tomorrow you got to deal with Cat, which no one's had to deal with since. Well, I know he just came back, but he's been out since November. So I, I think maybe if I'm the Warriors, I'd rather deal with him than Nas Reed because <laughs> Nas Reed destroys the Warriors. He he has been one of the 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 big unsung heroes. And and I know we had. Bob Myers on, I think I referenced this last week when I was filling in for, for Steiny with Guru a, a couple of weeks ago, and, and he joked during that homestand where the Warriors went 5-0 and right out of the gate that there was a point where he looked at somebody he was watching the game with on the staff and said, is Kevon Looney our best player right now? <laughs> and, you know, Steph was out and yeah. other players weren't necessarily playing. Well, Clay was carrying the Warriors at that point, but Looney was doing what, what Looney does, and, and he kind of, you know, half-jokingly but half-serious, like is, is he the He is, without question, in a year where I do think it's more fair to question the Warriors for not having – more bigs on their roster. Like last year, we talked about it a lot. They could get well, away with it. They had more options. Right. Yeah, yeah, you this were year, right. I, this year, I do think you could make the case one more body because Wiseman, and Wiseman was supposed to be that yeah. player, and yeah. it never panned out with Wiseman, and they wound up trading him. So to me, I think you can make the case, hey, one more big, even if it was somebody that wasn't going to play very much, just to go out there and soak up some minutes on a night like last night against Embiid would be fair to have. Looney's just held up. All year, yeah, and and if he doesn't hold up, he doesn't if, really have a bad game. No, and and last night he ends up, yeah, you know, a plus four. And I know you're not big on the raw plus minus, and Embiid handed it to him at times, but but he still held his own and down the stretch was able to get a couple of stops that proved to be the difference in a game that was otherwise tied. And speaking of the you know bigs with an asterisk, I mean, Jamichael Green uh, did some nice things for the Warriors last night, hitting four or five shots. So he, And I think he had six rebounds too. So he's becoming a more useful piece with the playoffs looming. Yeah, and somebody that we'll see, is he going to end up playing every game in the playoffs? Maybe, maybe not. But he, Jamichael Green's almost been one of those guys where – as soon as you forget about him, mm -hmm. he you know, or, or or stop expecting it, he you're like, oh wow, yeah, he he, he hits a couple threes yeah. and he gets a couple offensive right. rebounds and yeah, and 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 a putback and he can be an, an energy guy and look, he he is the the number two big, like for better or worse, mm -hmm. if the Warriors get into some of these series where they're going to be going up against other teams with bigs then he's going to have to be playing at least a couple of shifts a half, and last night yeah. it wound up being those those 13 minutes. He's had an awful lot of games this year where it's just like nothing, but when he's playing well, he does things that really help this team. He's a really useful piece as he was last night. All right, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. We're just getting rolling out here at Friedman's Appliance in Pleasant Hill. It's their red tag clearance sale. Take advantage of the one-of-a-kind opportunities on floor models and factory direct pricing. Uh, we're out here until 4 o'clock. Again, stop by and say hi. 888-957-957. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's Warriors this week at 95.7 The Game. Fakes comes right on Melton, drives, goes middle, throws to Draymond, the pool, lets it fly, three ball! From the left corner, Warriors lead by five with a minute 18 to go. 115-110 and yet another Doc Rivers timeout. Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. You know, I shouldn't have been surprised last night, but but at the moment in which that shot went down and it essentially clinched the game, it wasn't technically over at that point, but I thought, all right, Warriors are up five here. They're, they're going to win this game. Yeah. I, I, I'll admit, sitting there in, in the seat uh, at Chase Center and getting ready to do Warriors wrap-up last night, I thought, wow, they're going to win. Like, I was genuinely surprised. I, I, I did not think when they were down 11, top of the fourth quarter, that they were going to come back and win that game. And, and you know, shame on me, I guess, in a way, because we've seen them do it so many different times. But I thought, wow, this team's got action uh, as they come back 41-24 over the Sixers in the fourth quarter. They win 120-112. to 112. For some reason, Whitey, as it is John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason here coming to you from Friedman's Appliance in Pleasant Hill. Uh, out here for the next four hours, uh, or three hours, uh, until four o'clock here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, their red tag clearance sale, but but I'll admit I got into that mode of well they they won the game on the uh, on a couple on the road and maybe th- this will be where they finally lose a home game and then time to get back on the horse for the rest of these games against Minnesota and the Pelicans and and San Antonio and try to get on a run that way mm-hmm. and so I had not not in the defeatist type mode but thought hey this is one against a tough team they may not get. When they did, it kind of flipped in that moment. And, and I know our, our buddy Mark Willard has been on this train, I think, for the last couple of weeks of, hey, you know what? At some point, you almost have to stop analyzing it and just let it be here, whatever it's going to be, for the next two weeks or two months, depending upon yeah. wherever it goes. Because every time the Warriors win a couple in a row, it looks like, wow, this team's got big-time action, Whitey. They could make a deep run, and I think the path is still there. I think they've got to get closer to hole for that to come to fruition. But then every time they lose a couple in a row, it's like, oh, they're done. They've got no chance, which maybe isn't necessarily realistic either considering how mediocre the Western Conference has been this season top to bottom. But where where are you on that, just the, the, the back-and-forth nature of this season, really, for, for the Warriors. Well, I was right there with you last night when Philly had that lead. You know there's an old saying in the NBA that your first um, home game after a long road trip is like another road trip. Yeah. And, you know, if you talk to people in the NBA, they'll tell you, yeah, sounds like an excuse, but it, but it's true. So 
when Philly had that game going their way last night, I was right there with you. I think Jordan Poole had the most to do with that, not only the way he started scoring, but Tyrese Maxey couldn't stop him, and I think that affected Tyrese Maxey at the other end. Tyrese Maxey overall, his numbers were like, I had 21 points, he had a decent game, but he missed some shots that they really needed from him late. There was one layup in particular um, out of a timeout where he missed a shot, and Jordan Poole, even when he wasn't scoring or assisting, his penetration was breaking down the defense. So I think Jordan Poole, not only did he get the Warrior offense going, but I think he threw Tyrese Maxey out of his game a little bit. Though, As you say, though, the weird thing about this Warrior team, and it's it's uh, it, it's unlike any team I can remember, is where you, it's natural to look at it the way a team's playing and say, well, they're not very good or they can't do anything. And with this team, it's like you got to forget the last game, especially if it's a home game going to road game or vice versa. It doesn't matter how they played the last game. Uh, no. More so than with any team I think I've ever seen. Yeah, and, and it there has been, as we talked about in the first segment, a, a little bit more of a, a purpose. I, I mean, last night, it's, it's funny. Yeah. I, like, they did not play well in Houston uh, at all. And, and, you know, but they needed that win. But that win almost didn't count as, as anything special. It was mm-hmm. just a win that they had to have on to the next. The but what did th- you think of the Dallas win? Because I thought that was a really nice win. See, I know Dallas is the, – The interesting thing about that, I do think it was a nice win in in that how they got it and, and that they played, I thought, poised yeah. basketball for the most part uh, and, and poised down the stretch. And, and a lot of the different things that I laid out from that game, whether it was – you know, Curry controlling the game with his passing, yeah. which I think was impressive. Draymond was brilliant down the stretch with his defense mm-hmm. and, and a couple of key stops against Luka Doncic. Kaminga was excellent. He did everything in the context of the offense. There was no deviating or, or letting Kaminga try to cook. It was all plays that were made in the context of what the Warriors do, cutting open threes off of teams that are just completely disrespecting him in the corner. He got two buckets off of his own defense, steals that turned into scores on the other end. It was Poole with the ability to score and, and facilitate without turning the ball over. Jamichael Green and and, and uh, Lamb were able yep. to, to contribute, Anthony Lamb. But I, I got to be honest with you, and, and the Warriors needed a win, and that was the kind of win that the Warriors had – lost that game a bunch sure. this year. Yeah. Quite I, often in I don't frustrating think, and yeah, embarrassing fashion. I, but then I took a step back from it, and I thought, you know what? A lot of other teams have gone in and won that game in Dallas you know, this year because they just they don't play any defense. I don't think they're particularly athletic. And so I, I, almost, was tired. I almost view it as, yeah, Luka got 10 free throws instead of 15. So I, I looked at it as, as – it was a game they needed to win, and I give them credit for how they played. But the actual – I don't know. I just think Dallas is kind of mediocre. They're unathletic. I agree. I agree. Which I, the Warriors have, have an athleticism advantage, which they almost never have against anybody. But they had one against them that I thought was pretty clear that night. True, but what I liked about that game was that the Warriors so often this year, they've had a big game, especially on the road, and it looks like they just weren't prepared. And they were ready. They were And sure, the challenge that you get from Dallas right now – isn't maybe what Dallas was was hoping they'd be able to present, but the Warriors still took care of their business and they're playing 
you're right. The Houston game, wow, that was closer than it should have been. But all of a sudden, for whatever reason, the Warriors are playing with more confidence. That game last night was a game that earlier in the year, and I know their record at home has been uh, amazing, but they've had some bad losses at home, and earlier in the year that's one that they probably wouldn't have come back from. But they've, they've found something, and maybe it does go back to a few weeks ago when they started playing better defensively. Maybe it's a combination of that and also seeing, you know, okay, uh, the finish line is close here, and we still have a shot at this, and we've got Peyton coming back. Maybe they know something about Wiggins. I don't know. But they're just playing with a lot more confidence. And they looked, frankly, like a, a last night they looked like, wow, that's a really well-coached team. And at times this year they haven't looked like that. No, I think that's a that's a good point. At, at times they haven't exactly. Or, or that the pieces just haven't right, fit. Right. I think that's the, the, the big takeaway from the last three games for me is that Who's finished has been a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Who's played well has been a little bit different. But if you look at it, you know Steve Kerr has basically rolled with the same ten in all three games. It's it's and and with the same practically exact rotation in all three games. If you go if you go back through it, it's been it's been Steph Clay. DiVincenzo, Draymond Looney. It's been Kaminga. It's been Jamichael Green. It's been Poole. It's been a little bit of Moody and Anthony Lamb. It's almost been the same. So I think the players over these last three have known, in essence, the exact minutes they're going to get. And then if you play well, mm-hmm. you'll get more. If you don't play well, you won't get more. It, it's it's felt more, and I, I give Steve Kerr credit for this, and, and they'll have to get Gary Payton II into the mix here, but it's felt like that it's felt like uh, that they they've found a little something for this stretch as to the group that makes them the most successful in the roles that make them, yeah. uh, you know, able to play it that way. So I, I give them credit. For, and again, maybe it's like, well, these are the ten ten guys you have, so those are the ten guys that are going to play. And it's and and I'm you know over over explaining it or over analyzing it, but but it has been these last three. The, some variation of the exact same rotation. Yeah, and by the way, we talked about um, Jamichael Green. He's made, in his last two games, he's made 8 of 10 shots. You know, in limited minutes, he's 8 of 10. So, again, that's a guy that when he's not giving you anything, eh, but when he's playing like that, yeah, he's going to find his way onto the floor. What, in your opinion, and, and I'd love to know from the smartest listeners in radio, 888-957-9570, what is realistic to expect from – GP2. We don't even know for sure he's going to play tomorrow. What is realistic to expect from him tomorrow, the rest of the regular season, and even into the postseason? What's reasonable to expect, and what do the Warriors really need to get from him? I, I would think that that GP2, just as far as as minutes goes, I would exp- I would say it's probably going to be in the fifteen minute range, ten even ten to fifteen. Which minute is what he range. was last year. Well, it's closer to fifteen to seventeen. Yeah, fifteen to seventeen, yeah, and yeah. I, I I think that's where it tops out. That's probably not where it starts for for the Warriors. I I do think you know you could almost pencil him in in some ways to the to the Moody slot a yeah. little bit. Like Moody has been playing. Moody maybe doesn't play. Peyton gets in there. I think he plays more than than, th- than three, four minutes a half at this point. But I do think uh, there will yeah. be, I, I think, times where I, I think it's probably six to eight minutes a half is probably and, and just capable on-ball defense, you know, playing, playing the four spot on offense and, and being able to guard – some some attacking, you know, point guards on the on the defensive right. side, which which the the Warriors have not had anybody that's really been able to do that effectively this year. Clay can't do it. You don't really want Steph doing it. 
Jordan Poole certainly doesn't do no. it, and and the Warriors Although haven't Poole, had Wiggins. Poole, yeah, Poole last night it looked like he's giving more effort. On I have to say because I've been really critical of him. Uh, last night I thought he looked like he was much more engaged defensively. But we've talked about this before. Is that because his offensive game was was probably? I mean, is it, yeah, don't you think? I mean, anybody who's played basketball knows how that works. Um, I was talking to Dibs about this yesterday, you know, and we've talked about it. The on-the-ball pressure for a basketball defense, it's similar in a lot of ways to a pass rush in football, and the Warriors haven't had much of a pass rush. And GP2, it's realistic to think that no matter what else he's able to give you, if he can give you just you know, pretty solid on-ball defense, that could dramatically improve the level of defense that we see from them this year. And I think he's capable of more than that. Yeah, and I, I think he also allows Poole to be a little bit more playable when he's on the floor with Poole. Yeah. Because there's it's just you just have more defensive prowess out there. It, he becomes an easier player maybe to, to hide. Mm-hmm. He just gives you another system fit player that you know can be in the rotation. And so if that means on a certain night, if he's healthy enough to do it, and I think the one thing you don't want to do if you're the Warriors is play him so much here to where he gets hurt again in these last two weeks because he has had a propensity to get hurt again when he's come back. Like that is something that, that we definitely have to keep an eye on between now and the end of the regular season as it relates to, to GP two is, is that fact that he's, you know, been somebody that's been injury prone but but to me it's you know if he can work back up into that 15 to 17 a game range I think it it gives them for the time being somebody that can play in moody slot I think it also gives them an option if you want to play Kaminga a little bit less I think you can play Kaminga a little bit less because Peyton can play the four in the offensive set uh, and then and then guard guards on the on the defensive side of it, and so and, and it's not to say Kaminga's gonna play less, but it's just nights where maybe he isn't playing as well, he would play less. I think he gets an opportunity to play in in every game, so just more of that veteran trusted presence. And I'll I'll say this, he's another player that can finish games for the mm-hmm. Warriors. We've we've talked about. The, the two slots basically every night that are open, and Wednesday in Dallas it was Kaminga and DiVincenzo who finished. Last night it was Looney and Poole who finished. Mm-hmm. I think GP2 is somebody that is trusted enough among the championship core to be able to be one of those two finishers on a given night. One other thing that I think we have to talk about in terms of last night and the Warrior defense, when they started to playing better, started playing better defensively, uh, and I think it was when Steph was, was out most recently, you know, the Warriors were coming up with some schemes that looked a little more opponent-specific, and you pointed out Mike Brown did a good job of that last year. Well, last night we saw more of that in terms of P.J. Tucker. The Warriors let him, you know, and this is a guy who's got a reputation as a great corner shooter, and the Warriors were letting him have those corner shots, and he, did, he didn't want to shoot. He was 0 for 5. So that, again, was another example of how the Warriors uh, scheming for a particular opponent, how they had uh, a, an advantage there last night. P.J. Tucker yeah, he, just really wasn't very useful he's, at all. He looks washed. Yeah. He, yeah. Looks, he looks washed. There so, was one, remember the exchange? I think he, uh, Embiid throws it to P.J. and he throws it back to him. Like, and then Embiid throws it. He throws it back. Like, I no, I don't want the ball. So, yeah, the Warriors took advantage of that. Who in the West right now, you like to ask this question, who is who scares you? I know we talk about Denver. I respect Denver. I wouldn't say they scare me, and I know that's the team we usually it's, talk about. There's and only the, one team. Memphis scares me. Sacramento is is 
almost scares me. They're so relentless. And the Lakers are starting to concern me as well. Yeah, I the, the Lakers would be a difficult matchup if the Warriors had to play them, especially early. I, I, don't, nec- I don't think they're going to because it, it looks like they're going to miss each other as far as the, uh-huh. the playing tournament unless the Warriors start losing some games here that they have been winning on the home floor. Yeah, the, the new-look Lakers I do think are a more problematic matchup. I, I wouldn't say they scare me. The only team that really, I would say, scares me is Phoenix with Durant because mm-hmm. I think those pieces fit, and they need him. I know I've said this a lot as far as Phoenix goes. They they did a really good job this year of of withstanding Booker and Ayton and Chris Paul all being out at the same time after they got off to a pretty good start. They had stabilized their season. They wound up making the trade for Durant. They they held it together until Durant was healthy, and they were a team that looked like they were about to go on a run. Like yes. I, I think they had a shot at maybe being the two seed. And then the like, air went out of the balloon. And then Durant and gets hurt in the warm-up, yeah. and it was like they had gone as far as they could with yeah. that group not having Durant because the rest of their team is not as good. They gave up depth to get Durant, and so they changed the dynamic of their their depth pieces so they aren't as good aren't going to be as able they to hold up Cam Johnson and Bridges a lot and they were so they were deflated because now they haven't had Durant or Cam Johnson or Bridges the guys yeah. they traded to get them. right so there's and, only so much Josh Okogie can get and in. they hit a wall right when he went out again I think when they were about to ascend but the pieces fit together they had won three straight games with Durant like that's that's the one team that I think has a little bit of everything uh, with Aiton, with Durant, with Booker, Chris Paul all of a sudden is a third, fourth option, mm-hmm. and they have some pretty good, I think, bench players that all tick down a role when Durant is out there. So I, 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 I respect Denver. Phoenix is the one team that would truly scare me if you yeah. had to put me in that category. I, I'm with you on the Kings without Wiggins would be a much more difficult series than I think people Fox, realize. Fox hurt his hammy last night. So yeah, that, and, and we'll see. I mean, they've, yeah. they've been the healthiest team in the league this year. Yeah. Every time it looks like they're going to have a real injury, it's like, oh, no, a guy's going to miss one day and he's yeah. back. <laughs> so it just like they've been the opposite of uh, a lot of these other teams who've obviously dealt with a lot of players being out all year. Yeah, and the Kings beat those Suns last night. The Suns, I, I understand what you're saying, and you could be 100% right. Just, you know, Durant has been so hurt so often lately. I'm just waiting to see if he's still Durant and how it fits together. If it does, I completely agree with you. I'm just not assuming that, A, it is going to all fit together, and, B, I'm not assuming that he's going to be healthy. I hope as a fan that he is, but I just need to wait and see before I start fearing them. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570. Let's get to the phone lines here and go to Ryan in Martinez getting us rolling here on the phones. It's Warriors this week. It's J.D. and Whitey from Freedman's Appliance in Pleasant Hill. What's going on this Hi. afternoon, Ryan? Thanks for calling in. Oh, not much. Just working on my car in the garage. Um, I always enjoy talking to J.D. You always put on a good show, post-game and everything. I I got to say, I agree. You know, Phoenix is probably, if healthy, um, a threat for sure. They got two big guys that, I think we've all noticed that the Warriors struggle to defend guys like that, especially that can score in the post and in the paint um, and get those uh, defensive rebounds from. I I would have to say, as far as GP2, of course he fits the system. Of course he's expected to come help us defensively and offensively and close games, which we've struggled with from time to time. 
But I would like to see him more than anything stay healthy, at least for the, you know, if he does play these last games uh, for the regular season and, and gear up for that playoff run. If he gets hurt right away, that's going to really be bad, you know. And, and, and I think a lot of us fans have recognized that Wiggins is probably not going to come back, and we can't expect him to. Um, I would like to see what you think about, you know, how is that rotation going to go for the playoffs if guys like GP2 come back and they stay healthy. Yeah, I, thanks for the call, Ryan. I, I think the point about Gary Payton is second, they got to keep him healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, if it, it would be a gut punch. And, and it's something Almost I know. literally, I, yeah. I, It's something I noted from the moment they made the trade, and, and I've said this as far as the scrutiny that should come with this trade. If, if Payton is somebody that plays a, a game or two and gets hurt again, I almost view that as on the Warriors, to be mm-hmm. honest, because they, they kind of shouldn't – like they when, when he got hurt and the deal could have been voided and they didn't void the deal, like to me when you don't void the deal and then the guy gets hurt again on your watch, that's on you, not on Portland. And so, you know, I, I do think that being said, if he's able to stay healthy, I do think he really can help the Warriors in the short term. I think it's going to be really difficult – for Gary Payton II to be an effective player for the next for the duration of his contract, like I think that, but but you know what, that almost doesn't like like it wouldn't surprise me if the for next the duration of his contract. Oh yeah, oh over the next two years, it wouldn't surprise me if he played thirty games total. Wow. Like that, mm-hmm. t- that's not off the table to me. That's just being real about it. But for the rest of this year, can you can you get him? Get him healthy enough to make it through a playoff 15 to 17 minutes a game? Can you get him through the next two months? Like, it's, it's, it's almost two separate conversations. But I'm, and I'm not worried about the back end right now, although I've made a point to note, like, hey, you're getting evaluated for all of this if you're the Warriors. But don't you think, though, and, and you may be 100% right, and we don't know because of his injury history, it's obviously fair to say we don't know whether he's going to play. But the Warriors have to have reason to think that he's going to be able to play for them next year. They may be wrong, yeah. but don't you think, given that, okay, DiVincenzo's probably leaving, we bring him in. I think that's and, the hope. Yeah, okay. I think that's the hope, but I also think they they get a little misty-eyed thinking about Gary Payton. Like, I think that was an emotional. Good old days. I think that I think that was kind of an emotional, like, hey, our core really loves these guys. Our core doesn't really like our young players that much. Uh, kidding, a little bit. But it's like, hey, they love GP. You know, he was so impactful and inspirational. He's not a young player, by the no, way. No, he's 30. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what I mean. I like, yeah. it, and again, I don't, I don't want it to come off like I'm coming down. But it, it wouldn't surprise like, – it just wouldn't surprise me at all if he's just such an injury-prone player that he can't – and we see players like that all the time. They get that one deal and hat tip to them, credit to them for, for getting it, and then it's just they're, they're out of the league in two years. And I think, it again, I, I know I'm going fatalistic on you as far no, no, as this no, goes. That's, but, that's what we're talking but, about. But it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if that – that being said, he could still help him a lot this year. Right. Assuming that he can he can stay healthy, and we'll see. Maybe, well, you, I'm, you, maybe I'm wrong. You haven't liked that trade from the, from the get-go. And I know uh, Jim Barnett was – I was on one of the shows with Jim Barnett a couple weeks ago. He's the same way. So a lot of people didn't like that trade. Uh, but I think of all the things Ryan said – But you don't you win know. the trade if Peyton – if, if Peyton helps you get to the conference finals this year, that doesn't mean you won the trade. Like that's what I, like because that that to me is more plausible than well depends how that, the other guy does but who yeah okay I got gotcha. you yeah. that that to, but I guess what I'm saying is that's more plausible to me 
than the next two years being successful. I think if that makes do, sense. Yeah, I think for so it you to, better be you better hope he that has to he, play for them next year, and and I think that's their thinking, and I sure. think that's one of the reasons uh, they I'll, made the I'll deal. believe I'll yeah. believe he plays 50, 60 games next year when I see it. Fair point. Uh, the main point that Ryan made to me though is about Wiggins, and here yeah. we are because they've they've won three in a row. Everything's great, but realistically, can they play this way against good teams in the playoffs without Wiggins? Uh, it's that's really a long putt. So we'll see. I don't know if I agree with Ryan when he says it looks like he's not going to play the rest of the year. I don't know, but obviously um, that's on the table. It's on the table. It, it feels more on the table now than it did a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I keep going back to that interview with, with Bob Myers where yeah. Goo had asked him, hey, you know, is there a scenario where he's out for the rest of the year? And, and Bob, I thought, was pretty frank and candid and said, no, I think he's coming back yeah. at some point. Mm -hmm. And and that there's still a window to where he can come back and, and be a factor. I'll say this, they need him. Yes. I, if and, and, again, as we've said throughout this, this whole deal – you know, you give him his time. I don't need to know why or what's going on. That doesn't yeah. matter to me at one iota. But if he doesn't come back, I don't think they can win the title. I agree. I mean, so, you know, but, but can they win a round or two? Yeah, I think that's on the table. I, I think it, they could also get beat mm -hmm. depending upon who they play. They're much more vulnerable, susceptible to getting beat in a playoff series without Andrew Wiggins. I, I think. But here they are. I think eight, that's just April. obvious. Yeah, here they are. It's April. And things are looking up, and you know that we don't know what's going on with Wiggins, but you know that if there's any way they can help him and make it more likely that he's going to be back on the team, they're going to do whatever they can to help him get to that point because right now you have to look at this and say, there's a chance if we get him back, we could make another push. They, Maybe it's unlikely, but it's certainly possible. If he comes back, the Warriors can get to the finals. I'll say that yeah. right now. If he comes back, they can get to the finals. If he doesn't come back, I, I, I probably tough not. One. Yeah, probably not. I agree. And that's even with things starting to seem as if they're turning here over the course of the last few days. All right, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero, triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. It's JD and Whitey. We're at Friedman's Appliance in Pleasant Hill. Jim Cozumore is going to join what? us, Mister Friedman's himself, yes. next here <laughs> on ninety five seven The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 